Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 143. You know, we speak a lot about God being involved in our lives in some way. I mean, Jesus spent a lot of time teaching about the fact that God is involved in our lives. God is with us. God is helping us. God is changing us. But, you know, when you think about it, what does that look like? on a day-to-day basis? What does it mean or what does it look like that God is changing my life or helping me in some way? Jesus spent a lot of time teaching on these kind of topics. He spoke a lot about how involved God is with us. And he used many images to try and help us to grasp this deeper reality. He said God's like a good father, for example, right? Hands-on, involved, engaged. Uh, Other scriptures uh, imagine God as being like a ruler or a judge or a teacher, a builder, a lover, a farmer. There's so many ways that the scripture describes God. And it's really there to help us to try and grasp and understand the way God works with us, or you maybe could say interacts with us. How does this deeper reality that we cannot get our hands around at all, our arms around, how, what does that look like when we say that God's like, I don't know, a good shepherd, for example? Or the scripture says God's like bread, or water. That's, these are really life-sustaining images, isn't it? Um, there's so many different ways to talk about God, so many different ways that the scripture uses to help us to understand God and how God works in our lives. And not just individually, but also today, we'll see Jeremiah 18, how God works with nations. Because today we're going to be looking at the image of God being like a potter. And uh, it's from a, it's an old text, it's from uh, Jeremiah 18. And Jeremiah the prophet is told to go to the studio because God is going to show him and give him a lesson on what God is like in the world with nations, with countries, with individuals. And the way that he sees God, the way that God reveals truth to Jeremiah is of all places in a, in a potter's studio. Now, if you've ever worked with clay, you'll know that the potter, or maybe you've done this yourself, You're shaping the clay. You're shaping the green clay, the unfired clay. So this is the image that we're going to work with today. Um, It's this whole idea of people or nations being like this green clay. And the text is telling us that, that God can take that clay just as a potter does and pretty much do whatever God wants to do. It's a very sort of hands-on experience, the potter working with the clay. 
And this is a passage that gives us insight into how God works with our choices, our wise choices, and also our foolish choices. It's a passage that helps us understand how God works with our life decisions, our good ones and our bad ones and our in-between ones. It's certainly a passage that tells us that God isn't far off and uninvolved, even though we might feel that God is far away and uninvolved. We may sense that we are fully independent, uh, choosing to live exactly the way we choose to live, which we can, obviously. But again, like the studio image with the potter, at any moment in time, God can pick up that piece of wet clay and reshape it and rework it and really make it into anything God chooses. It's kind of an interesting thing to think about. You know, it's this idea that if the potter starts creating a cup and then decides, you know what, I think, uh, I think I'm going to do something else with this clay. I think I'm going to... Uh, now, I'm going to start again. I'm going to make it into a plate. That's just an interesting image that, you know, you can be going along in life as a cup and then something happens, a change happens. And yes, yeah, like God says, yeah, mm -hmm, it's OK. I can uh, I can reshape this. I can use this. I think I'll make a plate. It's an interesting thing to think about. So in this passage, God says that, God tells Jeremiah that I'm the potter. And of course, the original list listeners, the people of ancient Israel, I am the potter, God says, and the people of ancient Israel are the clay. And God says, can I not shape you, ancient Israel, or for that matter, us today, right? Can I not shape you as I please. Do I have any limits at all? I'm the master potter here. I'm the master potter. Can I not take you and your life and do exactly what I want to do? Now, at this point in ancient Israel's history, when Jeremiah walked on the earth, they were, <laughs> actually, they were in need of a lot of reshaping they were, they were in need of a lot of change because they had drifted away and didn't even try to follow God's ways when this text was, you know, uh, written and given to the first listeners. The, there's a phrase in the Old Testament that says, it comes up a lot, it's this idea of they worshipped idols, which basically means that... <laughs> When in the Old Testament, or the New Testament for that matter, when a group of people or an individual, when they're worshipping idols, it basically looks like this. It means that everybody is doing exactly what they want to do, regardless of how it affects other people. That's what, basic, that's what it looks like to worship idols. It's like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I want to do this, and I don't care how it affects anyone else or anything else for that matter. So 
For the first listeners, they were going through a period in their history where they're violent, they're oppressive, they don't care about, well, in those days, God says, you really need to care and you really need to keep your eyes open for the widows and the orphans. That was the phrase in the ancient times. Now, look after the widows and the orphans because they don't have anyone else looking out for them. Well, the widows and orphans, nobody's interested in the widows and orphans. They're violent at this point in their culture. Nobody's caring about any weak and needy people. Uh, Yeah, they would say they certainly believed in God, the ancient people. They say, yes, we're the chosen people. We're God's people. But when Jeremiah speaks this word to the people, you'd never know by looking at their culture or their values or their individual lives, you would never really know that they were following the God that we have come to know through Christ. You would just, you, you wouldn't see it. So I, I don't really see it, any difference here. I mean, they're kind of crazy, wild, violent, greedy people. I, I don't see how, how, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but it doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I mean, obviously you'll see the parallels right away here because uh, this has happened down throughout the centuries where people, whether it's nations or whether it's groups or whether it's churches or whether it's individuals or families, they'll say that they are following God or believing in God or following Christ, however you want to word it. But then you look at their lives and you think, what a mess. There is no way I want anything to do with that. Well, why is that happening? Well, because they're not really following, right? So at this time in their history, they say they believe, they say we're God's people, um, we're the chosen ones, we've got God's blessing, and Jeremiah the prophet comes along urged by God and says, hey, they need, you, you need to go talk to the people. Let me give you a lesson in the studio. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you tell yourself. It's how you live. That's what's important. Now, we've heard this theme many times with Jesus. So, in some ways, this is not a new message. If God is likened to a potter... Uh, God can collapse that wet, green clay anytime and shape it in such a way that pleases the creator. So for the first listeners, it's kind of a warning passage, right? It's a little bit like uh, John the Baptist. Remember John the Baptist's message before Jesus appeared with his ministry? John the Baptist's message was, Really, uh, you need to pay attention and turn back to what is good and true and right. So at at one level, the the whole idea of the image of the potter and God shaping us like clay, like wet clay, uh, it is a warning passage of sorts. I mean, it certainly speaks of the sovereignty of God. It tells us that God has a purpose for nations Indeed, God has a purpose for all creation. Uh, It tells us ultimately God is in control. 
doesn't matter how chaotic and crazy this world is, uh, it tells us, no, ultimately, God's in control. It tells us that uh, God doesn't ignore injustice indefinitely for nations or individuals. It tells us just like a potter. Yeah. Just like the potter who shapes the bowl or the cup or the plate, saying, yeah, well, God has plans how to use you. Now, the crucial difference, of course, <laughs> between clay and people is <laughs> clay, unlike clay, inanimate clay, people do have a choice. People do have a choice. I mean, the clay can't hop off the wheel, but we sure can. So we always have a choice whether or not we're going to be shaped by this divine potter. If you read the entire chapter of 18 and 19 in Jeremiah, it, it's really a call for the ancient people to change their lives, return to God, which looks like the clay being, uh, how would you say it, flexible and open to God's design and purpose rather than go off and do their own thing, right? just an image you can only push it so far but it's this whole idea of us being like clay and the understanding is is that God works with us we can be shaped by God now just like the ancient people we don't always make right choices for various reasons right uh, we can be shaped by many things. Obviously, we're not always shaped and directed by God. We can regret many choices. Uh, and it, some of them are big, you know, maybe choices that have, have affected the direction of our lives. You know, some of us might regret our career choice. Because it's like, well, I didn't really want to do this. My parents wanted me to do this, so now I'm a doctor or something. Whatever, right? Or, well, what shaped that decision? Well, it certainly wasn't God, right? It was something else. Or what if you married the wrong person? You look back and you think, you know what? I, 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 that was crazy. I shouldn't have done that. Or what if you partnered with the wrong person, had children? It's like... Oh, I don't know why I did that. Well, I know why I did it. I was just so lonely, I said yes. I was just so lonely, I said yes. So what shaped the decision? Well, that what shaped the decision was loneliness. Right, it's understandable. It's just getting to the heart of what shapes us. Or I made so many mistakes raising my kids. I ended up doing the same thing my parents did. Or I made so many mistakes dealing with this difficult person. Why did I stay? Why did I hang in there for so long? That relationship was well past its due date. Why did I do that? What motivated me? What motivated me? I wish I had thought about this more. Or, here's using the potter's image, I wish I had been shaped by the potter. I wish I'd waited a bit. 
And I wish the potter's hand had shaped me because you know what? Look back now and I think, I know what shaped me. Fear shaped me. I know what shaped me. Loneliness or the need to prove myself or whatever, right? Yeah, we can be, so many things can shape us. I mean, it's not really a case of I'm not influenced. It's it's not a case of I'm not shaped by anything. I do my own thing. I'm a free agent. I think it's more, oh, you are shaped. Something influences you. It's just a matter of what is it? Because we're all like soft clay. So it's just worth considering uh, what actually shapes you? So we're getting back to, to motivation there, right? What motivates us? Why do you stay in the relationship? Or why don't you speak about what is true for you? Or why don't you face this head on? Or why are you resistant to making this change? What are we shaped by? I guess it's always helpful to to ponder motivations for things in our lives. I think it's one of the first steps toward freedom. Just looking at motivations. I'm not even saying it's necessary to judge them right or wrong or get down on yourself. I don't even think it helps that much. It's just a case of just a bit clarity. You know, why... <laughs> Why do I do that? Why does that bother me so much? Why do I react that way? I think it helps at some level to just acknowledge these things. So, yes, certainly we can make, like the ancient ones, we can certainly make a mess of our lives. Certainly. And uh, the reality is, is that God gives us absolute complete freedom to make terrible mistakes, which is why, of course, well, one of the reasons, not making it some, too simplistic here, but it, it is one of the reasons, right, we have such misery and suffering in the world is because we do have complete freedom to make any decisions we want to make. But the, so that's the reality, but I guess the good news is, is that God works in and with the messes that we've made. I mean, we, we can still cause ourselves a lot of pain. We can cause other people a lot of pain, but it's never a lost cause with the divine potter. I think that's maybe uh, the grace piece of this image, that it's never really a lost cause. You know, yes, we always have to live with the consequences of our choices. We know that. We, we've, we're experiencing that. But with, with God, the one who can shape us and change us at any point, it's, it's like no matter what state the clay is in, it's never really a complete lost cause in the potter's hand. As long as that clay's green, right? And we've not been fired, right? For those of you who have worked with clay, you know this. I have a friend who works, uh, he's a master potter. And one thing I learned while working in his studio was that clay's never wasted. It's always reused. Always. So if you're working with clay, 
that isn't conforming the way you want it and it's drying out, you simply set it aside, you add water and you rework it. Even if it's completely dried out and cracking, if it's green, it can be softened and it can be reused. Now that's worthwhile considering for our lives if we are the clay, right? It's like everything in our life, everything in our life can be used by God. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Now, I don't think we're necessarily going to see this clearly, this side of eternity, quite frankly. I think this is more like a statement of faith when you say these things. You know, I think Paul said it, you know, in all things, God works for good for those who love him. I think that's really a, a future thing in some ways. But however, without getting too theological here, I think that the idea that whatever happens in our life, nothing is wasted in the hand of the potter. It is reshaped, it is reformed, it is made new. God can work in spite of our poorest choices, our deepest wounds, our greatest mistakes, our greatest suffering. How? I have no idea. This is what the passages really, well, this is what God's showing us. This is what God's showing us. And I think one of the most important truths here is, is, that God, is, is that God is the one who's doing the shaping, right? It's the potter. This is all about the potter, really, when you get right down to it. It's God that's doing the changing in us. It's God that's doing the transforming. It's not other people that are changing us. It's not our circumstances that are have power over us to completely change us and remake us. No, no. It's not ourselves. We're, we're not changing ourselves. Actually, that can be very tiring, can it? It can be very tiring and very wearying. It can be actually very discouraging when, you, when you're under the impression it's all up to me to change or it's all up to me to grow or it's all up to me to get stronger or get over something, or change something in me. No, no. This is about the potter. This is about the potter. And yes, certainly our willingness is important. Obviously. Our willingness is always important. Our openness. But it's actually the potter that's picking us up and shaping us. And as, a, and as clay, you know, what do we do, you know? I just don't want to resist. I don't want to resist God's design. I don't want to, re I don't want to resist reality. What is? Well, you know, at first I was a bull and, and now I'm, I don't know. That doesn't fit anymore. I think something's changed. I'm, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm more like a plate. It's like, well, okay different season in life. Maybe God's doing something completely different for you. And a cup was fine 10 years ago, and now it's something new. But the fact is, is that you're the clay, 
And God's the one that's doing the shaping. So it's like, okay, okay. So all I have to do is be open to the design for my life. It's like, mm, kind of, yeah. It's like, well, how are you shaping me, God? And you know, when God's shaping us, God's always working with character, motivations, habits. You know, that's, these are big things because they, they drive our life. So God's always shaping us, working with our character, working with our motivations, working with our habits, working with our addictions of various kinds. You know, by the way, addictions, what's interesting about addictions, I remember, I think it was Richard Rohr that said this, but it always just struck me that the thing that we're most addicted to is the way we think about things. And I thought, wow, that is so true. Because we get so caught up in the idea that how I think about a situation, a person, a circumstance is the reality in the way that it actually is. Whereas the Spirit of God comes along and says, mm, not necessarily. Might be your opinion. Might not be thinking about it the right way at all. So God's always working with our, with our motivations and our habits. Yeah, knowing God isn't enough. It's, it's really about how flexible are we. You know, that's what causes the shift. It's flexibility, openness uh, that causes shifts to happen. And some of us are being shaped into people who learn how to forgive. And some of us say, well, I don't really have a problem there. It's like, okay. Well, some of us are being shaped into people who won't be so dominated by fear and what other people think. And some of, us, some of us might think, well, that's not really my thing. I'm not really worried about that. I'm not, I don't really care about what other people think. Yeah, well, maybe not. Some of us might be shaped, at being reshaped into people who don't need to control others quite so much. Or maybe we're learning compassion. Or maybe we're learning uncalculated generosity or how to love ourselves, or how to keep our mouth shut. We're all different, right? The shaping is different for each one of us because we're all in such different places. But one thing that, that is absolutely true for each one of us, we're all in need of shaping. We're all in need of shaping. This is, by the way, this is what Jesus said. Another way of saying this is, this is what Jesus said, Pick up your cross and follow me. It was all about shaping. It was all about how open are you to God's design? Less ego, more Christ, <laughs> right? Less ego, less me. More open to the design. More open to what God, what God is doing in our lives at this particular point. And that's the prayer, that's the heart cry. You know, whatever, we're, whatever we are in our lives, it's like, yes, God, I, I see it. I, I'm, I'm clay. I am clay 
in your hands. Do whatever you need to do and help me to not resist. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.